actually said something to somebody. I said, walk into an emergency room's wait, or into a room. It was a kid on his cell phone yelling at his mother. And I sat down next to this kid and looked him in the eye and I said, I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> and I proceeded to tell him all about Africa. Welcome to this week's episode of the Gap Travel Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron, and we have an awesome interview for you. It is with Beth Santori from RadAid. We've been getting a lot of questions after our um, original podcast of our time spent volunteering. So we wanted to bring her on to really um, just give you all the logistics about yeah. volunteering. So if you guys missed our episode, we talk all about our trip to Tanzania and working in the hospital there. It's a couple episodes back, a couple weeks back. And we share our experience, but Beth is awesome. And she's the one who interviewed us to go on that trip. And in this episode, she really walks us through the process. So she does interviews for Rad Aid. She works with Rad Aid and Road to IR. So she's a great resource. She answers tons of great questions and really takes us through the process. So if you're interested and volunteering, you definitely want to check out this episode. Absolutely. And what I wanted to add too is, you know, we've been doing a lot of interviews of other travelers that are using the travel life to expand their lives, to to gain more freedom, to go experience, to take longer times off to travel. And so what I really love about this episode and the one that we did before is when you volunteer your time, especially coming from a radiology standpoint, which, you know, we finally figured out that there's a radiology um, medical mission out there, which was awesome. But we got to kill two birds with one stone because you get to go and give back, but then you also get a cool travel experience in the meantime while you're doing it. And I, I absolutely love that. That's why this episode is super exciting. And I, and I know you guys are going to absolutely love it. Before we get into the episode, this week's show is supported by Traveler School, which is our online course for healthcare travelers. And doors are open. We are currently in a launch, which means we are offering a special coupon code for our listeners. The coupon code is GAPT Travel, two P's, GAPT Travel. And when you put that code in, you will get a discount. If you're wondering what Traveler School is, I'm going to tell you. So Traveler School is our online course for travelers. And basically, it walks you through everything you need to know about healthcare traveling step by step, lesson by lesson, in a very clean, streamlined, organized way so you can learn efficiently, fast, and have fun while you're learning because I feel like we're a good time. Yeah, and it's something that we really wanted when we first started traveling, so it's something that we created. And it's for the person that literally doesn't want to search the Googles or search YouTube and try to piece together all of the you know, different information that's out there. It's for people that really want that streamline to the point, want to learn everything, want to be supported and mentored by people that have been there and done that so they can basically learn all the things they need to learn and start living the beautiful life that we get to live as travelers. And that is why we created it. And that's why you need to get in there. I love that. It's literally designed to push play Sit on, the, sit on the couch with a glass of wine and a notebook and have fun and learn about travel and prepare yourself so you feel confident and excited and ready to take the jump. Everything you need in one place, start to finish, in chronological order. It is amazing. It's what we wanted, like we said. And so you can get in, go to kimandarong.com forward slash T school and put coupon code in gapped travel at checkout and you will automatically get a discount and we also have payment plans available so go check that out don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions what's up everybody welcome to this week's episode we are super excited to have our guest beth santori on she is involved with Rad Aid, which if you did not hear our story of when we volunteered, definitely go back and listen to that episode because this episode is going to be jam-packed with information that you can use to get started if you're super interested in volunteering your time with Rad Aid and doing some really cool projects. So Beth, thank you for joining us. Um, if you want to go on and just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your involvement with Rad Aid and why you are going to load them with some useful information. Well, thank you for having me and I'm happy to be here and 
I am extremely passionate about this, uh, this program and these programs, I should say. Uh, so I've been a tech for 15, 16 years now, and I have multiple modalities. And I, recently I've stepped into medical device. So now I work for Merit Medical as a clinical specialist. But my background is I'm an IR tech, MRI tech, CT tech. Um, started my career in the OR, so I've seen a lot of different uh, aspects of hospital work. I was an imaging supervisor and always wanted to get into global health. And my nurses would always go on these trips. And as an IR tech, I'd, I'd actually save products. I'm not going to tell you what hospital that was at because that was <laughs> not legal. <laughs> um, but I, I would save these products we would use because you know we open our packs and there's extra supplies and I would send it with these teams that would go to Mongolia or wherever they were going and um, they'd always bring me back little trinkets from these places and I always wanted to go and I just never saw a space for IR and then 2017 I was in a, a space in my career time in my life where I felt like I needed to expand and look into it more and see if there was anything that really came at me and rad aid I I was in Australia I was thinking about staying in Australia um, took a pause in my work and you know with travel teching at the time it was like pick your pick your place and uh, I found Rad Aid just randomly on the Bayer web website. And um, they uh, work together, they're, they're, uh, they're partners, and I applied. So, so how you get involved um, with Rad Aid and Road to IR. So the trip that you two went on was actually in conjunction with the both of them. Um, so Rad Aid is a all-encompassing radiology global nonprofit for healthcare, right? Radiology specific. So it has every modality. So if you're a tech that you know is looking to get in and you have no idea where to go, it's very self-explanatory on the website, and that's how I did it. I just went on the radaid.org website. I was going through all the different programs they have. They have, like I said, they even have the symmetry and now they have business management for healthcare um, where you can get involved. So you just go on, I applied for the grant. So you actually have to go in and write a little essay and you know, give them your history, send your CV in and they tell you we'll call you in like two to you know, two years, two months to two years. And they called me right away and they had three different trips for me to choose from. So the, the trips were one week in, in Cape Verde, which is off the west coast of Africa, and that was just for CT. The other one was a month long in Tanzania and Arusha, and it was at an a outpatient facility called NSK, which had MRCT. It was basically brand new place that was just up and running and trying to develop their protocols. Um, and then the other one was Lao, which uh, was a children's hospital and it was radiology specific. So that was a three month trip. Um, so that's what they, they gave me. And then I ended up picking Tanzania and off I went. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I love all them before. So I want to <laughs> what I think is really cool because you know, we just found out about Rad Aid a couple of years ago. And, you know, we have always been interested in wanting to do some volunteer work and wanting to use our skills to go and, and give back in a, in, you know, a more global way, but we never really knew how. And so I, when we first got together, I was looking into joining the Peace Corps. And then yeah. we looked into the Mercy Ship. And, you know, we were just trying to get involved in some way. And a funny story with the Mercy Ship is we went up to them and we were like, you know, I do ultrasound and Aaron's like, I do IR and, you know, we really want to help and what, what can we do and what kind of work can we do and, you know, just getting all the information. 
And they're like, yeah, we could, you know, maybe find something with ultrasound, but with IR, uh, we could probably get you making some coffee. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's like funny because it's like, as you know, being an IR and multimodality radiology, I, it's not that any job is not important. I mean, I think all jobs helping out and volunteering your time are important, but I was yeah. like, man, I feel like I have so many skills that I want to bring forward and utilize and be, you know, <clears throat> a really good help in the industry. And when he was like, you could be a barista, I was just kind of <laughs> like, man, I don't understand what, what we're capable of. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Yeah. yeah, we were just like, wow, okay, that's a little bit like disappointing. And so, <laughs> you know, we found out about Radiate and it completely changed our entire experience. And so, like Aaron had mentioned um, in the beginning, we did a podcast episode a couple weeks ago where we talk all about our experience working in Tanzania and what that was like from our perspective. But the, the flip side of that is we didn't actually go, we kind of slid through the back door getting into the program because Aaron was working with one of the radiologists who at Yale University, who was kind of leading up this whole charge. charge. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we split in, and that's why we were so excited to have you on to really be able to help walk people through the process as far as the application. You've kind of touched on it a little bit with the application and the funding and all of these questions um, because we didn't actually go through the full process of it. So we're super excited that you were able to come on and we can kind of like pick your brain. Yeah, and I did want to say- yeah. We did touch on it a little bit, but um, I remember, so just to tell the listeners that when we interviewed how we came into contact right. with you was Beth interviewed Kim and I to go on the trip to Tanzania. So that's how we made our first contact. Um, and then we've stayed in contact ever since. But I remember in that interview, you were actually telling me a story about doing CT in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if you wanted to elaborate a little bit more on that story, because I thought it was so cool and it got me all excited to go yeah so so when i i my trip was one month so the way rad aid it works is it it has these uh what i guess they would be champions um they're they're the ones that take a site so that that one they offered me cape verde would have been i would have been similar to the champion but it was only a week trip so it really didn't I wanted to go longer. I didn't want to fly all the way to Africa to stay there for a week. Mm -hmm. So the way they break it up is that they do this, what they call an assessment, initial assessment, just to see what these facilities need. And Tanzania had already had that. It already had a champion. It was part of a larger division because Tanzania has been worked on as far as RADA goes. It's been one of its better, bigger, more developed programs. So it had these champions developing the program. And the one that I went to was a multimodality, they call it a hospital. We, it's not similar to what we think of as hospitals. It was more of a, what I would think of as an outpatient clinic. And it was the first floor was they actually had a brand new MRI. They had a uh, pretty nice, basically new CT. Um, they had uh, MAMO, they had ultrasound, and they had a x-ray room. And that was the first floor. The second floor, they had all dialysis. And then the third floor was like a, um, the doctors would see their outpatients. So you went in there and you worked with the team. They had one radiologist, Dr. Hamidi. He's still there. That program's still going strong. We had so much fun. They took such good care of me. And the people there are so loving. They're so inviting. They're so welcoming. They're so ready to have a party. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just loved my time there. It was, you know, we developed protocols. I helped them with a few things that were going really really wild there they it's different right I mean you guys know it's it's a little um, slower paced but also just not as many resources in general we take for granted all of our education everything that's just at our fingertips so um, yeah it was quite quite a doozy to to go in there and see like patients getting carried in after they had just sold their cow to come in to get their MRI 
uh, for their, their grandma. They're carrying their grandma in because they don't have wheelchairs. And then waiting in the, the, the department all day to get into the long queue that we would have. So it's really rewarding work, and I, I really love it a lot. Um, but it, I don't know how much um, – so do you want me to break down the interview – um, yeah, how we'll to get, actually get in? Yeah, I'll get into that in just a second. But um, just kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, I think, you know, because a lot of people, you know, like for us, for instance, we had no idea what we were walking into, you know, and we had never been anywhere in Africa, nor obviously we'd never worked in a hospital in any other country. And I think, you know, going in, it was a, the people of Tanzania were the most, they made the experience. Mm -hmm. They were the friendliest, kindest, fun group. We Mm -hmm. had so fun working. I mean, we're still in contact with everybody we worked with. Yeah. Like on, they like DM us like on Instagram, (laughs) like we're all friends. Um, I love it. It was such a cool experience, but you know, it really was, it was eye opening. just, you know, that people, you know, our waiting room would be full all day. And these people, you know, they did, they don't have appointments and they just come from, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles. And by the time they get there, many of them are just so sick and they're just laying on these benches, no air conditioning, you know, no bathrooms, hoping to be seen. And they're so patient. But they're still all smiling as much as they can. They're conversating with one another. They're not locked into their cell phones. They're not complaining. Well, and that's what I was getting at is like, I almost had a harder time coming home because when I went back into the hospital, you know, back in the States in California where I was working and it was like five minutes past their appointment and like, uh, when are you coming to get me? Like, I've been waiting out here and I'm cold (laughs) and I'm thirsty and I'm like, really like really like you don't even know you know like did did you say anything i i had a i actually said something to somebody as soon as i was gone and come back into this facility as a traveler and you know just feeling like okay I don't know anybody and I'm feeling really grateful for everything I went through. Walk into an emergency room's wait or into a room. It was a kid on his cell phone yelling at his mother. And I sat down next to this kid and looked him in the eye and I said, I'm going to tell you a story. (laughs) (laughs) And I proceeded to tell him all about Africa and he set his phone down and I said, now you're going to apologize to your mother and you're coming with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So I know exactly what you're talking about. The gratitude that they have is palpable it's almost harder. I thought it would be harder transitioning to working there. Surprisingly, that was so easy. It was the coming home that, you know, you had to like reassimilate to the environments we're used to working in because when you're over in most other countries in the developing world, you're working in completely, completely different conditions than what you're well, used to. Well, and then going down the IR road here, Beth, you'll be able to, it's, it's fun to actually talk to another IR person because um, I think there's only a select few that get us Um, Mm -hmm. But it was crazy because I was at this facility, obviously, California, state-of-the-art facility, um, and there was some new techs, and, you know, they're setting up trays, and it was really hard for me because over in Africa, you know, when we were in Tanzania, we were designing trays from, like, dental trays, and, like, Mm -hmm. really starting to build and having to think outside the box of, like, what can we use to get the, you know, the job done? I mean, we had supplies, but, you know, you don't always have those, like, built trays for you. So like going back in and hearing people just kind of, you know, complain or be like, I don't have this or I don't have that. I'm just like, well, make it work. Like, what do you, yeah, like, what do we need? Like, so I had to like take a step back to be like, okay, like I'm, I'm not over, you know, I'm not in Tanzania anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the in, in, entitled area. Yeah. Yes. It's an adjustment. Yes. I do want to add too that you said you were a traveler and that kind of is really interesting because the majority of our audience is travelers. And so that's one reason why, we really want to press this forward because of the fact that, as you know, travelers have such an advantage of being able to work when they want, take off when they want. Taking three weeks off and not having to get PTO is a huge advantage to do global health. 
and that's why I was really excited whenever I heard you say that you were a traveler. I didn't, I didn't think I picked that up um, in our conversations before, but um, can you speak to that at all? Just kind of like how being a traveler was so beneficial for you doing global health? Well, uh, you know, it gave me the security to know that I could pick up a contract. Now, obviously, with COVID, it's, it's changed a lot, um, and the environment has changed a lot. But at the time, I was at this peak of, of you know, being multimodality and being a supervisor, and I was thinking I needed more. And this really gave me that space to go dive out there, but then also come back to a contract that was, you know, I didn't have the roots developed to where, you know, I had to go back to this one space or this full-time job Mm -hmm. um, or make sure I had enough vacation to make sure somebody approved it for me. It gives you so much more freedom being a traveler. 100%. I I think that's so important because you know, we, so when we went, we were, Aaron was ending a contract and we went, like he ended his contract. And the next day we flew out to go to Tanzania and the our the trip that we did was only two weeks, but we were like, Hey, we're going all the way to Tanzania. Like we want to enjoy this. We want to have this cool experience. Like after the work is done. So we extended our trip a little bit and planned our next contract to be <laughs> able to have that time in Tanzania and then come back and go all the way to California. So it gave us this time off. And I think that's such a, uh, a really cool opportunity that we have as travelers because it does make it a lot easier that you can plan your trips around, you know, being able to take time off with your contract. Yeah, because I, when I was at Yale, that's where I found out about this project. And a lot of the technologists that wanted to go were literally having like battle royales trying to figure out how much paid leave they could take and if they could get some almost like not really donated, but maybe the facility would let them not use up their vacation time to go do this because it was volunteer. And I was just like, wow, how blessed am I that I don't even have to like think about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just really took the pressure off and allowed us to relax in and really enjoy this experience to its fullest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the opportunity is huge and it is such a common narrative to hear that. I mean, I, so my second trip, to do global health work i went to to nigeria and tanzania uh it was the ir strictly for rad aid and then also for for the road to ir um but the pen techs that i went with to nigeria want to come to tanzania but they barely got enough time to even come to nigeria and right now they're still trying to get off and that was three years ago <laughs> so it's, or no that, that was that one was last year but this was it's just so common to hear that you know it's like yeah, yeah. it's It's honestly ridiculous to think you work full-time and you get two weeks off a year to like live your life but <laughs> like, i mean not only that insane. you're going to volunteer right. health services and you can barely even get time off it's crazy that's why I couldn't it is that. it is crazy and and these big these big universities you know definitely i hope that people are listening and i think this is actually something i talked to with one of the canadian ir techs that is working today uh, with Road to IR, I actually talked to him about, you know, what programs they're, they're setting up. And the real, the real issue is that we don't advocate for ourselves very well. As a technologist, I don't know if you guys believe that, but I, I, I believe that. Anecdotally, I believe that we, we're, we, we're used to going behind the scenes and just going and working and doing things. And we don't stand up for what we need. And I, you know, we need to band together better. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Kim and I, I, we talk about that all the time and and we do firmly believe that. And we feel like there was a big turning point in the time that we did start advocating for ourselves. And I know traveling has really helped that because um, I think as a full-time tech, if I would have learned what I know now from traveling, I would advocate for myself a lot more. And it is a project that Kim and I um, long-term really wanted to get behind because we think it's absolutely asinine that you work as hard as we do in a hospital and, and you barely only get two weeks off a year to go enjoy yourself. And the rest of the time you're spent, you know, burning out, working, you know, the countless hours that we work with the patients that we work with. So that's been a big project on our mind. Yeah. It's- right. You know, I, I totally agree. So I want to dive into like 
the nitty gritty and the logistical stuff and kind of walking us through the process. Cause I think that's, you know, where people really get hung up before we jump into that, just kind of wrapping up the last part, because I think another thing, like we are all just talking about the environments we're working in and the people and everything is just very different. There was a lot of times, you know, where we were dealing with very sick patients and I found myself being really sad. We worked with a lot of kids that, you know, were basically dying and the morgue, like, you know, people were standing out screaming. It was like, it was like, I felt like death and sickness was very, very like on the forefront. And it was just, it was, it was emotional. And so, you know, you've done a couple of trips and just working with other people who do, you know, these, these types of volunteer trips. Do you have any tips for the mindset of somebody going into this for the first time and how to kind of process it, how to, you know, stay positive, just anything like that, that would be helpful for first timers going into a completely different world, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what happened is the, you know, these, the fully resourced countries and places like the U S or Canada or wherever these texts are coming from, we're used to having resources and just things available in there. And that include that includes care for our elderly care for our sick. And it's not necessarily in your face like it is there because they do not have those resources. They, uh, tra- like you said, they travel hundreds of miles on undeveloped roads. So some of them, And I'll tell you a story. We had a last minute CE talk when I was in Tanzania the first time. We put the invite out. I want to say it was like less than 48 hours before we were hosting it. We invited 150 physicians to this this CE talk. And all 150 showed up. And they traveled, some of them, over 24 hours to come to listen to this talk. Wow. That's the, the, when the resources are given, they come running. So they don't have everybody just doing talks, podcasts, everything. Or they just don't know that it's available because they could probably tune into this one, you know. But um, so, yeah, the, the care isn't, isn't available. So you get these patients that are end stage right so they're that's the ones that get pushed all the way through to the main hospital which is where you guys were at Mahambili in Dar es Salaam in Tanzania so they only have these large facilities that can only you know hold so many people and the rest of the country I mean there's 60 million people in Tanzania and they don't have places to just go get, you know, a drain or, or they don't even have places that have drains right. um, or people that know how to put a drain in. And that was actually what my feedback was to RadAid was, you know, we're doing MRI, we're doing CT, we're doing MAMO. Every single one of them were positive for whatever we were imaging. How often is that in the US? Right. right. Every single one of your images are positive for something. Mm-hmm. And they would come in with these, you know, collections or these tumors and they're just end stage already and they're just getting their first images. So yeah, it's definitely something that you have to get used to. We're not used to it because we just, you know, we have facilities holding all of our, you know, sickly nursing home patients and and we don't have it in our faces they have it in their homes they're taking care of their their elderly and their neighbors and and so it's it's probably more unfortunately accepted but not necessarily like uh, maybe tolerated I guess yeah Yeah. wow yeah it's it's definitely uh, we are talking to somebody and you know they were saying that by the so if somebody's not feeling well somewhere in the village and they're they're sick you know it they don't just jump in their car and like drive to the er like the the village it takes time they have to raise money they have to like gather people to to raise the money to get the person to the hospital and by the time they get there a lot of times it's you know too late and they're they're not coming from their city like they have to like sometimes drive hundreds hundreds of miles just to get there it's just nuts but I, i really love that ce talk because you're talking about practitioners and a lot of times 
you know, there's so much education here in the United States and there's so many ways that you can learn and grow and develop and not a lot of times are they taken up on. And the fact that you put out 150 and 150 physicians and practitioners showed up to learn just goes to show you the type of people that they are. And mm -hmm. I really love that. They're so eager to learn. Every technologist, every nurse, even the residents, you know, I taught them a few um, different techniques that I have learned and they were so present, so willing to learn. And then they had just adapted to it immediately. It was like the minute I showed them, they got it. And it was just such a cool feeling to see somebody not only excited about something that we're passionate in and that we do at home, but you're teaching them and they're picking it up and they're excited. And that just meant the world to me. Yeah. Yeah, the, the best thing is to hear they get to take care of their own people and their own family. And you're giving them the tools, which, you know, the best thing to do is help people help themselves. And, and the cherry on top of that story, though, is that that CE was mostly centered around nuclear medicine. And the first question from the audience, so they're all sitting there taking notes, and the first question is, so what do we do if we don't have nuclear medicine? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because they don't have nuclear medicine. It was just like, oh, well, you know, you, you got to start somewhere, I guess. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So, you know. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So here, okay. I want to start with kind of like getting super micro and specific for let's say like for me i'm a sonographer we have a lot of sonographers in the community we have a lot of sonographers listening to this podcast i'm brand new i know nothing really about rad aid or the process but i really want to get more information i want to you know fill out an application and get involved and do a trip like what's kind of like walk us through the process of those first steps like where, okay. where do they go what do they do Okay, well, so that would be ratting.org. Um, that is a very user-friendly website. They've updated it since I was on it, but you go in and you find involved, get involved or, or that, that button, and then you, you do the grant process. So you're able to fill out everything that you do, and it gets put into a queue where these program coordinators on the Rad Aid, and they're, again, those champions all over, they have all these different programs running. So whether it's in Grenada, uh, um, South America, uh, there's a bunch in Southeast Asia. Like I said, Laos is a really big one for that children's hospital. Um, they do a lot of ultrasound. But there's all these, there's many programs going, and then there's these champions. And so they filter you go into a queue and they're, they're, they're finding these people that would fit in these different programs, depending on what each facility needs. And then they're going to, they're going to call you because that's how it, at least that's what they did with me. And they called me, they offered the three trips I talked about and uh, it was, you know, leave in the next couple weeks actually at the time. I don't think they're doing that last minute anymore, but I could be wrong. Um, and then they interviewed me. Uh, so just talk to them about things and, and about your experience and, and then the program coordinator would interview you and then they decide okay we're gonna we're gonna put you through to the grant process so the grant is actually done through the asrt it's the outreach fellowship grant um, they do all the grant paperwork so they take your information they submit it to asrt asrt says okay we're going to give you the money to go so they actually funded me to go that first trip they paid for my housing, food, um, and then, you, you know, your flight. But they don't pay for the fun things, which I did a lot of fun things. I yeah. 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 Working your ass off. Like, you got to yeah. fun and culture and experience. That's, like, part of the fun of going. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's some of the most beautiful geography in the world. Um, so, yeah, I got cool. to go to Kilimanjaro and, and go to the Serengeti and Goro Goro and, and Zanzibar. And it was, uh, it was a blast. Yeah, it was oh so much God. fun. 
So, but I extended my trip pretty significantly because I was like, if I'm getting this thing paid for and I don't have a job yet lined up, I'm staying. So I did that. And, you know, it's pretty cheap there. And, and I know it's cheap in a lot of other, you know, under, under resourced places and countries where these, these uh, programs are located. So you, would, you have to pay for it up front. Wait, hold on. I'm going to interject for just a thing. So yeah. I'd love to come back to the money because I, I have a couple of specific questions about the money. But before I just, when you were saying that you filled out your application. So when you go online, you're filling out your application, the people on the other side, so you're putting mm -hmm. in, you know, I'm a sonographer. I do pediatric, yep. OB, vascular, whatever. People exactly. on the other side are then saying, oh, Kim looks like she might be mm -hmm. a for this specific trip, let's call and interview her to see if she would be interested in that. Exactly. Um, okay. Exactly. And so yes. you're not basically filling out application for specific trips. You're putting in your skill set, and then they're going to match you with trips they have going on. Correct. Okay. And is there any time frame that like you fill out an application and then, you know, typically you'll get an interview within a certain amount of time or is it more competitive or? Um, when, when I filled it out and what I remember, um, COVID obviously has changed everything because uh, they actually have halted trips. So we'll talk about that in a moment, but um, it was two, two months to two years that they would respond. Wow. The other thing that you can do is I remember that there's a, um, it's, if there is a specific trip that you're interested in, you can actually select that, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be available. And um, cause you could say like, I'm more interested in going to Mexico or something like that. Okay. Um, so you can do that. And, uh, and it would, it, it it's pretty thorough. So when you actually go fill it all out, it's, it's a full essay. It's about you and, you know, where are you specifically interested in what, like, because, so the, the programs, and, and I wanted to say this, um, that they actually have a outreach fellowship uh, for the U.S. Disparities Initiative. So you can go in and actually do that specific one. And they are looking for uh, techs that are interested in traveling within the U.S. because we really can't travel right now. A lot of countries aren't letting Americans in, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so you can't really go anywhere at this very moment, but they're offering this through Rad Aid. And it's for techs and they're offering $2,000 to go. Wow. Um, and yeah, so it's something to look into uh, if you're interested in just jumping aboard because that would be a trip, but it'd be within the U.S. Okay. And is that for just, I mean, that's kind of hard for me to grasp. What exactly is, is it like communities that you're going yes. to? Yes. Okay. We have a lot of communities that are you know, the Appalachian, um, within the Appalachians and, and different places that just don't have uh, the resources you have in the bigger cities of the U.S. Um, it, it's, it, they had a MAMO truck um, for w this program. I, I, I wonder if, um, I don't know exactly how much it's spread out all over the U.S. I know that the Appalachians was a big one and with their, their truck from just following them. But it's definitely something just to look in, yeah. into if you're interested because that's something you could do right now. Yeah, um, that's that awesome. That really exciting. Yeah. So that's another thing is like we we always have wanted to do you know work overseas and in different countries, but then we also wanted to do work in our own country. Yeah. You know. So yeah. That's incredible. Well, and other than traveling as a you know to different big facilities yeah. to help out, it's more. This is more charitable giving back. Giving back right. Yeah. Yeah. This is all our underserved places, which we do have those here. Yeah. If you just want to take a look to see what kind of trips and stuff are available for your specific modality, are you? Is there like a search database where you can get kind of a an idea of what kind of trips they're even offering? I know right now is weird because of COVID, so they probably don't have anything going on. They are all halted, but yeah. they do have. You would go on their website, like I said, radaid.org. Um, they have it all broken down and it's actually very easy to read. I mean, it's e breast imaging, business, 
informatics, IR, medical physics, uh, medical students, mobile care, um, new med, nursing. They have, they have programs going in a lot of different places. What I think that if you want to get involved right now, and this is the same thing with Road to IR. So Road to IR is the IR-focused one, um, and that's just at Mahambili, and they're actually expanding into Rwanda coming up in the next couple of years. But um, the big thing is, is I believe that if we start developing and, and advocating for our education virtually, I think that's something that's going to be really big. Um, so if you're interested in teaching on a virtual platform or developing education for tech-specific, um, I think it's really useful right now. And if you're just interested in volunteering and starting and then you know opening the dialogue with them and when it's ready to open up for a trip, then you probably would be first on the docket, I would imagine. Wow, that's really, that's a good tip. That is a good Because I guess the thing too, and, and this is what we get asked all the time is say like, so there's no COVID, everything's normal, trips are going as normal, we can all travel and we get back to that place at some point, whatever that is, that if you really want to get involved, you're like, I, this summer, I want to go on a trip with Radin and I'm going to plan my year around it. It's not typically necessarily like that, where you essentially could put in your application and not hear back for a year. So you you're just kind of waiting to for it to hear from them and kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think jumping in without a doubt virtually is something that's needed right now. Um, as far as the trips go, we, we I can't tell you when that's going to open up. So um, unfortunately they, uh, they're, they're doing the best they can. The conference is something that I went to last year in DC at, at the World Health Organization. They're doing it virtually this year. So definitely, you know, tune in, get involved, just listen. I, it, I think the stories are really cool. It really, mm -hmm. you know, I know you guys say it, like you, you liked hearing stories about other people's trips and everybody likes hearing stories about your trip and I think that's one of the cool things about that conference is it's all of them coming together, talking about their experiences, where the programs are, uh, you know, different people taking this, the stage and, and they're doing it um, November 7th and 8th this year. It's a virtual meeting. Oh, um, it's sa Saturday and Sunday. So something to jump into. Um, the road tie are definitely needs virtual tech uh, um, IR, like, Erin, I don't know if you want to jump in on that, um, but it's, it's like doing, you know, do we have any formal, like formal, formal education on it? Like IR is, is mostly uh, trained on the job and this would be something that could benefit them. Um, really exciting though in, in um, Road to IR at Mahambili, you guys will be really excited to hear they actually purchasing their first uh, uh, supply. Yeah. Uh, so we actually set up the supply chain finally. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they got funding. So, it, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. Um, so they're, they're actually pretty well funded for trips once they can get going. And they're chomping at the bit ready to go. So if any IR techs want to jump out there, um, I, I jump in on that one. Wow, oh that's gosh. amazing. And I was thinking when you said that they're expanding to Rwanda, I just wanted to ask, is that from Ivan? Is Ivan taking Yeah. Oh, yes. I love Ivan. Uh, I was wondering because yeah. he kept saying that, that he wanted to go and start his own there. And we were like, we're in, dude. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, go go run with the silverback gorillas. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Uh, it's, uh, um, yeah, no, so he's got to graduate. And then once he graduates, uh, which we need to get him graduated. So that means we need more trips. He needs more, mm -hmm. uh, you know, exams. And, and they, they passed their, their first uh, set of um, tests and, and they're moving through. So, wow. Well, and for those of you guys listening and you don't know what we're talking about, A, this is what Aaron and I did when we went to Tanzania. We worked with the Road to IR. We talk all about this on that episode that mm -hmm. I we mentioned. It was a couple of weeks ago. But just to put a little bit of context around it, 
it's the road to IR specifically IR and the the trip that we went on was Moon Billy Hospital in Tanzania and Dar es Salaam and basically you we went to go help create the first ever IR department in East Africa right it's isn't it all of East Africa it's the first well there's the training program so yeah. formal training program so there's one in Kenya um but it, they're not training they're just doctors that came in um but actually speaking of now rad aid uh is spearheading kenya's uh program so wow. that's also something you know there's all different programs so road tire what you guys went on is is tanzania and it's all its own entity basically it's working out of yale and it's got doctors championing it and it's separate from rad aid so when you guys were coming on board they were actually partnered and then they separated so you know rad aid's concentrating on all of its programs and road to ir is, is concentrating on its program which started in in uh tanzania Mohambili, and is now you know focused just on ir training programs that's it you know right now yeah. And uh, yeah, Rad Aid's more of all-encompassing radiology. Got it. And, and when Beth's saying um, uh, training, they're talking like these physicians had no formal training in IR. So they're building a fellowship program for IR, which is really cool. So when those doctors go through, they graduate, then they can turn around and teach the new class, which then there's the new residents that are going to come up and become fellows and then graduate, which is just that's what we were talking about is Ivan was one of the third year students when we were there and he was telling us that he wanted to start this in Rwanda where he was from. And so it's really cool to hear, you know, Beth, when you said that, that uh, I was wondering if that's who it was because now he's like, we just said graduating and now mm -hmm. being able to go and start this outreach in his own country, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. 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 And nurses too. Correct. Just doctors. Yeah. 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 Well, so, so Mahambili is the medical school. And that's where it was all centered. It had a radiology residency, so it was graduating radiologists, but it wasn't graduating interventional radiologists. So the program got approved. It's formal. It got approved by the university uh, to train the interventional radiologists. It is the first of its kind, and it is official, which is awesome. Um, and it's getting momentum. It's getting, um, you know, Fabian, like you guys talked about, the MD, uh, at Yale um, and Frank and then Janice Newsom out of Emory, they're really, they're champ, they're the champions, right? They're the ones that are pushing this through. Um, the, the program, the way that one kind of works, they actually developed their, their website, which is great. So roadtoir.org, which is the road to the number two, I should say, ir.org. Um, and you can go get involved with that specific program, and that would be a separate one from Rad Aid uh, to get involved with that. And they are really working hard to grow it and expand it. And honestly, I feel like techs, um, IR techs, are really the core to most IR programs. And so it really needs to, more people to get involved and more become more robust in that nature because yeah. it is focused on those those the fellows and the, the doctors, but the techs are the ones that really run the actual department. So. Right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, of course I'm a, I'm a tech advocate. Uh, yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I have to tone it down sometimes because I can get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about money real quick because you had mentioned the grant program and I remember going and looking at Raddy before and it, it asks you, and I don't know if it still does this, but it asks you, can you contribute 50%? Can you contribute 100? Can you contribute 20? So how does that work when it comes to grants and it being funded versus you're like, hey, I'll pay for all of it. I just want to show up and I want to be helpful. So how does that work when it comes to the money and the funding part of it? So this is a big caveat. You have to have three years experience for Rad Aid to qualify for the ASRT grant. Okay. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, the road to IR uh, grant is actually given by just 
the, you know, the people I just named, the docs, and they're deciding who gets it. Honestly, they're putting together the teams and they're the ones that are like, here you go, here's your, your flight. And, and then they arrange the housing for you. Um, when, who got, which one of you got the Rad Aid grant? And which one of you got the ROTIR? So I was through ASRT. And I was okay. through Yale. And Kim was through Yale. Okay. So, yeah. So basically what happened was that when they were partnered, um, you know, we would only send one tech and you guys came as a double and it was like, Hey, they need to go as a double. And I remember talking to them about it. It's like, it'll be a good idea to have, you know, them go because of their skills. And, and so for rad aid, they're going to ask you, but I remember when I put, down I, I said zero that I would contribute um, and they approved it all so I think it's you know it's going to be up to the person the volunteer because it truly it, it's volunteer work it's not right. like you're not getting paid for your time when you go there right um, you're getting paid in the reward of giving your learned uh, privilege uh, skill that you've been able to develop over your years in, in the hospitals and, and give it to a place that hasn't seen this profession. And they, I mean, they're coming from the dark. They did, they, they didn't know. I remember going through when I was there in September with the, the group there, I was going over sheets and basic, um, you know, micropuncture kits and things like that. And you, you take that for granted as an IR tech, those are just tools we have, but they are like, what do we do with this? You know, or, or like, well, how, why, what the sizing of this, what's going on. And, and so we have this skill that's built in and then you just, you know, you go in uh, um, as far as, as far as the funding go, that the, the rad aid and the ASRT, ASRT is the one that makes a decision and it's based off of your grant okay. application. And then I had so. a question too, because when I saw that, I wasn't sure because one, I was like willing to pay what we needed to, but I also, if there was a, a possibility to get a grant, then obviously I would accept that as well because that just makes it even better. Um, so if you do put in a percentage, are they going to look at that and just be like, oh, okay, we'll only give them a grant up to this much. Or would they actually say, you know what, we have the funds and we'll give you the grant for the whole thing. How does that work? Do you know? Or? Yeah, I think that's how that would work. Um, because a lot of the different programs actually have partnerships on the, on the site, whether that, you know, they use this, like, for instance, when I went to Arusha in Tanzania, we had a, they, Rad Aid had a uh, partnership with them, right? Signed a contract that we're going to send in this many volunteers for this, amount of time and what this facility had was a, an apartment building and that's actually where I stayed so they gave an apartment for all the volunteers in addition so they you know Rade didn't have to pay for that it was donated right um, so it's it's going to be you know program specific obviously because each of them are so different um, and then with um, Road to IR it's they're, they're doing Airbnbs and they're, they're paying, but they have regular ones they use. So that are close to the facility. Okay. So do you think when, when things up, when, and I'm speaking, when things get back to normal and we're post COVID and all that and trips are going on like they were before and, you know, you put in your application and you said it could take, you know, a year to hear something. We just don't know if you put in that you were just willing to pay your flight and just pay your own way and you didn't you weren't looking for a grant or any kind of financial support do you think that your chances of getting called would be faster than somebody who is looking for a hundred percent grant yeah possibly but the thing is the countries are closed well so, i know i'm saying when everything opens back, oh yeah, yeah not now right just in in later in later times you know? Yeah, for sure. They'll, they'll get you out there. I mean, a lot of these places have ongoing regular uh, programs, so they're ready to throw you. Like the one in Laos, the Children's Hospital, that's, I think, one of their longest ones. And it's basically at any time somebody wants to go. They're very easy to work with. 
because yeah. um, I learned I learned about each of those three programs in depth because it was for me to choose from them and that was that was probably one of their longer ones perfect okay and do you always go because obviously we went to the we did the road to IR and we went as a team because that's what we were we were a team with a nurse a doctor and a medical student and Aaron and myself do you know that like with CT or ultrasound or MRI, do you typically always go as a team with other people from our country or other countries or, or do you go, would you be like the only one there on a project? So that's the way road to IR is structured. You go as a team and, and that's why I think that they're marketing to the physicians because the physicians go back and they're like, Hey, IR team, does anybody want to come with me? And so it usually is people that it's IR teams that know each other that are going, but that's the way it's structured. It's structured actually to have a nurse, a tech and a doctor every trip. The extras are, are, you know, wonderful to have and they accept them and want them to come. Um, but they're going to that one program. As far as rad aid goes, it is an individual, but you do have contacts there. So that it's not like you're getting dropped off in the middle of nowhere and you're like, <laughs> okay, go find this facility and teach them something, but they have it all. They, you meet with the program director they, you know, they're watching you very closely as far as like, you know, your trip and making sure you have all your checklists done and you go in and you're at, I went by myself and I had two doctors that were only there for, uh, they were there for two weeks um, when I was there, but I was there for the month. So two of those weeks I was not with them. It was just me. Um, and they were from NYU, which was the program director was from NYU. Um, he was anyways. Um, now it's Anne-Marie, who you guys should definitely, if you're interested in, talk to her. Um, she runs the Tanzania program for Rad Aid now. Um, but yeah, so that one you go by yourself generally. Um, but you could go depending on, so when we were in Nigeria, we went as a team of 20. Wow. <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, and it was uh, their first symposium. Um, we got together uh, at one of their university hospitals trying to develop their IR program. Um, really interesting to see that country and that they're so passionate. Oh my gosh. And so ready for whatever we can bring them. Um, and it was different because it was a group of, let's see, uh, there are two techs, one nurse, um, six doctors. Um, but uh, I'm going to say like two medical students, um, we had uh, media with us, so we had a. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was That's cool. It was, yeah, it was cool. Wait, did they make a documentary about it? We're working on it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah we're working on it. I mean, we definitely have a lot of footage. Um, there was some footage that I had prior to that too, um, from SIR in Austin, and then. Um, so we are going to combine it and we're, we're in talks about it. It's just, it's really hard with everybody working full time and that not being our like, you know, full time job. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know a video editor. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, I got <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Watch out. Be careful what you put out there. It's recorded. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh my uh, gosh. I feel like we could like talk all day. I have like so many questions because we're super passionate about this too. And like really, you know, sharing this opportunity with our community. Cause not only are we all travelers, so we have the freedom, like we talked about earlier to take time off, but a lot majority of our community is, you know, radiology. Yeah. And I think it's just such a cool, cool um, experience that, that we have. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know about it. Privilege. Yeah, it is. It is. It's You're exactly right. It is such a privilege. And it is so rewarding, as you guys know. I mean, it's life changing to go and have these connections with these people and, and give your profession to a country or a group of people that will, it's life saving. I mean, you don't ever think of like people joke around radiology is just pictures and but 
I mean, these, this is life-saving medicine and you're just one, they can, they can walk easier, move better. So, you know, lifestyle becomes easier and, and then not to mention just, you know, extend, extend their life a little bit longer and make it easier. So it's awesome. Well, I think the only thing I would add to that is it's not only life-saving for the patients you're, you're helping, but it's life-saving for the individual going and volunteering just because it just totally changes your perspective and just gives you that passion and that just really um, privilege and, and the feeling of uh, gratitude for what we have and then the ability to help somebody else. It literally changed Kim and I's trajectory 100%. in life 100%. Well, yeah, I love that. You know, we, we talked about this on the other episode, but we worked our asses off. Like this was not let's hang out (laughs) in the lounge and have a cup of coffee and talk. Like we worked 12 hour days, sometimes more than that. Like we worked so hard. I mean, there were times I, and I'm not an IR tech, but I was like, I was basically like an IR tech on Mm -hmm. that trip. And in the room and counting like thousands of different supplies and just work that you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine doing this at home, but it was so rewarding and it felt so purposeful that I was more energized and excited. Like we would walk out of there at nine o'clock at night and all just be like, Oh my gosh, like that was an awesome day. Get dinner, you know, just like, but like buzzing because you know that what you're doing is truly making a difference and it's serving somebody else. And it really is. It's, it's such a beautiful experience. I'm like, everybody needs to do something yeah. like this at some point. Yeah. It's amazing. I you know? completely well, agree. Yeah. Completely <laughs> agree. And, and you guys would be shocked to see what the, the supply room looks like now in uh. the whole department. They really, it's really incredible. And, and you guys got to go back, sign up. Um, definitely will. Yeah, no, I, I can totally concur that, it, I worked my butt off. I actually came back really sick because I was, I was cleaning out the supply room for like five days straight, and I I come out like black, yeah. you know, like like full of dust and and oh, I I don't know what I breathed in, but you know, you yeah. gotta do what you gotta do. It's grueling work and, you know, like a lot of the hospital doesn't even have air conditioning too. So it's like full sweat. You're just, you're in the trenches, but it's so fun. Yeah. And I love to just before, I don't want to get on a tangent, but I love that every time I turned around, one of the techs from Muhambili Hospital was still there. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I kind of want to stay and get this done. You can go. And they're like, no, we're not leaving. As long as you're yep. here, we're here. And I was like, wow. Like, that was like really cool. Um, yeah. The, the. The caveat to that, though, is that they don't get paid overtime. I know. Oh, we actually know. worked. We, we, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, because they were, like, working really hard, too. And we were like, go home. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It's um, it's just, yeah, it's an incredible experience. And, and honestly, like, it's the people, too. Like, the people that we went with with our team and also the people that we worked with at the hospital. Like, those people became family in such a short amount of time. And, um. It, it, it really like touched our hearts. Well, so. Beth, I don't know if you know this, but when we got back to Florida and then had to go to California for um, our next contract, we actually stopped in Kansas City to go visit the doctor that we went over uh, um, to Tanzania with. And he introduced us to his family and we had uh, together. I call him dad. We call know? him dad. <laughs> yeah. You guys went with Dr. Mitchell, right? No, we went with Dr. Himmel. Himmel, that's right. It's so hard to keep everybody. I know, there's so many trips in order. Uh, No, that's awesome. And I, yes, I mean, I, I got to go with, yeah. I mean, the people are family and, and I totally agree. It's, it's such an amazing experience and I highly recommend it to anybody who's even curious. It doesn't even, you don't have to be even ready for it. Quite honestly, people keep you safe. You're going to go there. You're never going to be put in harm's way. Tanzania is a proud country that's peaceful and and has never had a civil war and it's beautiful and fun and yeah it's it there and there's so many countries like that and so if you're just curious to go this is a very safe giving way to to go explore yeah i'm just i'm so glad that you brought that up because we didn't touch on that but just 
glad that you did that. This is a very streamlined process too. Like you are safe. You have people there helping you navigating this experience. You're not just like, all right, pack your bag, off you go, figure it out. Like they're walking you through step-by-step and, um, and yeah, we always felt safe and supported and we had a go-to person if anything came up and, um, yeah, so you're not just being thrown into the wolves in another country <laughs> to figure it out. And I think right. The, the programs that are chosen are programs that want us there and they, they will go out of their way to pick you up from the airport. They're going to make sure that you're safe at night, that you're, you know, where, uh, whatever you need, they'll make sure you have it. And, and, uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're you're totally safe. Yeah. All right. Well, well like yeah. I said, we could go on for hours, but um, thank you <laughs> so much for your time. Did you want to add? I was going to say, where can people, you know, like follow along with your adventures or connect with, you know, Radiate or any any resources that you want to share with the with the community? Well, the two websites definitely radaid.org, uh, uh, roadtoir.org. Uh, their Instagrams are always updating. For me personally, I mean, I have my personal Instagram. Um, you can follow it's uh, at BB Batty, which is two of my my nicknames. Um, but it's one word and um, no no symbols. But it. I, I just, if you have, like I said, if you have any bit of curiosity, just go look. It doesn't hurt to look. And you can even just watch and see how it goes. And, and like I said, the virtual stuff is ready and raring to go and need your expertise. And people are excited to have your expertise and, and grateful that you're even putting your time in to do this, these things. And it, 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 it multiplies and it, it ripples and it, it, it extends out and it, it's felt and so yeah get involved Woo-hoo! i love it what a good way to close um Beth, thank you so very much um for this episode and I, I know that it was jam-packed with so much good information for people and as you heard beth just say we we second that absolutely get involved you're needed you're wanted um, and it's just really life-changing. And feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or even Beth, you can, I'm like, go ahead. You can DM her. <laughs> but if you just have any questions, yeah. you know, there's, there's yeah. definitely people that can support you through this process. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many people ready to share their passion that we, the three of us definitely have. There's more of us, FYI. Yes, there is. Well, all right. Well, thank you so very much. And hopefully we will talk soon, but thank you so much. And thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next week with another episode. Bye.